You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. You're listening to the Pull Box Podcast. The International Graphic Novel Book Club. Here are your hosts, Curtis Finley and Michael Cohen. Hello and welcome back to the Pullbox Podcast. Uh, this is our 23rd episode uh, in which we're going to be talking about the comic book Dragon Ball by Akira Toriyama. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I am your other host, Curtis Finley. And uh, we have a special guest with us for this episode, returning... Uh, is is uh, the the uh, writer and artist of Hench Girl, Kristen Gudsnack. Uh, thank you for joining us. Hey, long time no talk. <laughs> right. Um, and when you heard that we were reading Dragon Ball, you you felt the need to also be in on on this conversation, right? <laughs> I am an anime and manga nerd, so yeah. I felt like it was appropriate. It's funny. This is actually this is our first. Uh, this is our first directly, actually, Japanese manga that that we're reading uh, on on, our on, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and when we had sort of we were talking about comics to 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 choose for upcoming episodes, and and had kind of hit on the idea that we had read a lot of Japanese influence stuff, but we hadn't actually read anything Japanese. Yeah, I was like, well, let's kind of start with i think what most of us started with uh in in north america and that's that's dragon ball uh right. it's i think it's either dragon ball or sailor moon right i mean sailor moon <laughs> well, from was, our generation yeah from our generation yeah. sailor moon was the first the first anime that i ever watched but dragon ball was the first japanese comic that i ever bought and um, it was actually i bought i have the first six issues when when uh, I believe it was Viz Comics yeah. released them as actual like full size black and white issues, um, and and so I really wanted to go back and read uh, the the sort of the the first volume, um, and and then you let me know, Curtis, that actually Viz did these awesome editions the Viz Big editions where they kind of blew it up a little bit. It's not quite full comic size. It's just a little bit smaller. But, uh, but it's bigger than their normal. Yeah, but it's bigger than the than the original. Uh, I, I, well, actually, I guess it's not bigger than the original because the original would have been in Shonen Jump, which would have been oh, even bigger. comic book size. Uh, yeah, um, but, but they put three volumes into one. So I read the first three volumes, and uh, and as soon as I was done... As soon as I was done, volume three, which yeah. ends in a horrible place, like it, it ends in the after the first match of the the uh, the, the tournament, yeah, the Budo what is the Budokai Tenkaichi or something, uh, the the strongest under the heavens uh, uh, tournament. It, it ends after the first match, and it, like the first match is with Krillin, which I'm fine with because Krillin's my favorite character, but I uh, and I'm using his his uh, uh, American name because i don't want to butcher the japanese name <laughs> but uh yeah. what's his name in japanese it's 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 kururin but 
like that's not even like that's a that's a Canadian trying to pronounce a Japanese name. Right. Well, because they they put the the L sound where those R's are, which is why we have Krillin in the yeah American yeah. Version. Well, that's why he's called Krillin. But uh, he's always been my favorite, and I'd never read any of the act the original Dragon Ball comics with him in them. And he's such a different character from Dragon Ball Z, yeah. Which is where, like, I, I like he's my favorite character from Dragon Ball Z. But uh, well, let's um before we jump into this, let's sure. talk a little bit more with Kristen and get a, um, you know, another little interview under our belt here. Yeah, sure. Oh. Uh, we we wanted to talk to you this time about um, about web comics and the fact that uh, you found your success not in print but online. Um, tell us why. Um, uh, well, why did you get started with webcomics? Well, um, I wasn't going to like wait around for someone to, um, you know, offer me a like publishing <laughs> contract. So I was like, I want to make comics. I want people to read them. I, you know, I had a, a day job at the time. So I was like, it's not like I need to make comics for money. And I basically, I was just like, there you go. This is just an easy way for people to read my stuff and, like, give me feedback and all that. So, I don't know. I think I think the way I'm doing it now is kind of the best of both worlds because I still have people reading it online. So, you reach a large audience, but then there's also, you know, people who don't like webcomics can read it in print and all that. But I think it's just nice because it's immediate. There's no... There's no, like, quality bar that you have to pass, which is good and bad. <laughs> but, like, it's not like people are like, no, you can't post this. It's just maybe they won't read your comic. But, uh, so it's, it's good It's good for, like, when you're figuring stuff out and learning. And it's just yeah, like... you don't have that pressure. Well, I mean, the press- at first you don't have the pressure. But then once <laughs> your fan base grows, you have the pressure. <laughs> yeah, but... They can't hold you too accountable because you're like, I'm doing this for free. Yeah. You should just appreciate me. <laughs> well, you, you say that, but then, you know, you get the fury of the internet sometimes just uh, <laughs> breathing down your neck. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because you are, you are just that much younger than Mike and I. When we were first getting drawing and stuff, there was no, the webcomics weren't really a thing. Or <laughs> yeah, for no. Me. So I, I drew a lot of comics when I was a teenager, and um, and I had no outlet for them. They just they sit in a box in my house. <laughs> so, and then um, but but people now can do this and uh, and get exposure and and build their fan base and 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 have fun with it in such a different way. And it's really uh, neat to see that you can have an idea, uh, draw it, produce it. And then make it readily available for anyone who cares right away. Um, yeah. Such a nice nice thing there. The only thing is that there are a lot of webcomics out there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just pretty, it's pretty oversaturated. So it can be hard to, uh, you know, get people to even hear about yeah. you in the first place. Well, the same but... is true with print. I mean, there are so many print comics out there as well. Um, the... The only benefit there is that you have the luxury of their marketing team, um, if they care enough to, to market your comic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I don't know. There's, I mean, the internet is so much bigger than like the print world that, you know. I I mean, I feel like 
most of the career opportunities I've gotten have been through like conventions and having physical books versus the internet and that's because like if you want someone who's you know better at art than me all you have to do is go to tumblr <laughs> and like there you go yeah. but in a convention it's just like you know or in the publishing world it's just a smaller pool of people so even though there are so many self-published people um it's still just like a smaller pool to be like picked from so in a way i don't know there's less overexposure there does the fact that you are producing a comic for a web comic or for web rather than for print um change the way you write for it um not right but definitely how i lay it out because i mean i could never do like a two-page spread i don't think my website can handle it <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean actually i'm just so bad at like html stuff that i can only upload pages of a certain width otherwise it starts getting cropped I should probably figure that out, but I'm not going to do a two-page spread anyways. It sounds like that's a lot so of work. Yeah. yeah, but you have to kind of you have to kind of pace things. Like in a print comic, you could just have a page with three panels where someone's just like looks out a window and says like "good." But if you have that be your update for your web comic, it's like that was a that was a week's worth of content, and it was just <laughs> someone looking out a window saying "good." So you kind of at least with me, I condense my storytelling, which I think is, I like doing that because it saves me time, you know, instead of being like a 500 page comic at like a, you know, a more leisurely traditional pace. I'm just like, hey, here's 10 panels. <laughs> yeah, you definitely do have more panels per page than your, your average modern Marvel comic, that's for sure. Um, I think but, that's also just my own personal style, though. Right. But you want there to be, like... Because every update should almost be, like, its own tiny story. Yeah, it needs to forward the, the whole thing in some way. Yeah. What do you think is... um? How do you how do you feel like the webcomic industry is going to move forward? Is it, is it going to become... Um, like, are there going to be companies that will specialize in... I guess there are already companies that specialize in webcomics, aren't there? Yeah, there's a couple that actually, like, pay you to update. Um, someone sent me one and was like, hey... Oh, my God, sorry. <laughs> uh, and was like, hey, you should apply to this. But it requires taking down your own website. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's too much work. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. My dog is barking. No, that's okay. Uh, um, so how long would you say it took for your fan base to build uh, to a, a respectable number? Like, I assume that when you posted the first comic, no one really oh, yeah. knew about you, right? No one was there. There were maybe, like, a couple other people who... <laughs> not family. to be cynical. Oh, my God. No, my family doesn't, like, read my comics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so weird. I'm like, most people's families are, like... I don't know. They're a little hands off with the, the art stuff, which is fine because I'm like, I don't necessarily want you reading my writing and then being like, "Is this me?" That's um, okay. The my my family, uh, like they 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 kind of follow along <laughs> with my comic, 
but uh, they don't have any idea what podcasting is. They don't understand. So they've never listened to a single podcast. So I, I feel you. Yeah. Podcasting is the majority of what I do with my week. And my family just kind of goes like, oh, oh, that's that's nifty. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty important part of my life, but that's all right. You know, we can, we don't have to talk about it. My, my family follows, follows along with my webcomic, but that's because it's about my kids. So they have a <laughs> yeah, yeah. vested interest in yeah, it. Kurt, Curtis, Curtis cheats with his webcomics because he just, he just, he doesn't have to write anything. He just waits for his kids to do something adorable Yeah, and, and then he just draws it and it's like, come on, pal, like. It's, it's it's too easy. It's hey, too easy. You got to take it where it comes, right? Yeah. It, uh, it it helps that you have pretty adorable kids. That does. Help. Like if you had terrible kids, I don't think your comic would work as well. But it would reach a different oh, audience. Yeah. A different, a different kind of good. Yeah, like, that's like a Dennis the like Menace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so sorry. Let's get back to you. Uh, we were talking about your fan base. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what point, um, how far along. Did, uh, did, did you realize, oh, wow, I actually have a lot of fans? I have no idea. Um, it's weird. The thing is, is that, you know, I mean, you kind of gauge it by page views and comments. Um, but, like, when you have, a, like, I had some page in issue three, at which point I didn't really have that many readers, but someone's head got chopped off. Uh, and then suddenly it got like a gajillion comments. So <laughs> I realized that there were more readers than I thought because they were like, wait, what? <laughs> um, but I guess it was around then. I, I don't know. I, I don't really. It's so like gradual. Um, like, you know, if you kind of just I sort of just gauge things by comments because um, I guess my page views also have definitely gone up a lot since since I started but yeah. that's harder to gauge because like I have more content now so that equals more page views right. I guess individual visitors um, I don't know it's just been a steady thing I don't know the answer to that question <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's always I have the same thing it's like I, I know that uh, I, base, I base my popularity on likes I get on Facebook <laughs> as well <laughs> as like the uh, oh man this one got over 60 likes it must be really good. Oh man, this one got only ten likes. It must have been a terrible comic. People <laughs> oh, liking it. I post it to like Reddit, and um, you know, sometimes it doesn't get any upvotes, and I'm like, okay. Sometimes it gets downvotes, and I'm like, oh, no. I'm sorry, gods of Reddit. Like, Reddit is so fickle, though, so I try not to like care. You know what I mean? That's They'll so just, important. Like, yeah, not caring. <laughs> about those those bad <laughs> comments they could they could really drag you down oh like well in the webcomic subreddit no one ever leaves comic comments but um you know click on the down arrow and i'm like why what did i do um but i don't really i mean i just basically i don't really post it on reddit too much anymore because i just forget but it's a for anyone who's like an aspiring webcomic artist it's a good place to find people who are, you know, looking for new web comics to read. Is just be like, here's my comic, here's a new page, because um, there's a lot of people on Reddit. <laughs> I should do that. I, yeah. I've never. I. Uh, I 
Reddit confuses me. I had to figure that one out. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say like I can't do that because I'm scared of Reddit. Like it just it it the the whole concept of it just really escapes me. And and like I work I work on the web for a living, <laughs> and and yet I look at Reddit and I'm like, oh, this is not this is not for me. But really, uh, yeah. I love Reddit. I mean, I don't Reddit very much anymore because I you know have to appease the gods of productivity but when i was at my old job i would be on reddit constantly see i'm a i'm a tumblr junkie so if it's on tumblr then i'll then i'll follow it on there right and that's that's where i find a lot of stuff is through tumblr but uh because i'm i also love tumblr much more visual i'd rather see like the art scroll by me the 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 minimizing and maximizing of threads and how everything works on it just like i yeah I ask people to just give me the gist of an AMA when it happens. <laughs> well, let's yeah, I, I know a lot of people are confused by it. Yeah. I don't know. Let's jump into Dragon Ball. Cool. Yeah, yeah and Mike, you already kind of told us um, why you picked this one. Yeah. But do you want to intro it again? Yeah. Uh, so Dragon Ball is the it's sort of the the sophomore follow up for Akira Toriyama uh, to his previous series Doctor Slump. Which uh, which had also appeared in Shonen Jump, I think yeah. So. Uh, and Doctor Slump was actually like it was much more of a of a silly comedy uh, comic, and it didn't really have any action. It wasn't it w- wasn't what Akira Toriyama I think is now known for, which is Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Well, and Dragon Ball didn't start out that way. And yeah, either. and and Dragon Ball started out much more influenced by Doctor Slump than anything but as it goes on you definitely get more of the kung fu vibe especially like once you get to to like uh the the tournament stuff um but it's basically it's a story about uh, a little boy uh san goku who i he's just he's just this weird kid who lives in the forest and one day he meets uh bulma who is uh, a, a, a girl exploring, trying to find these things called the Dragon Balls. And, and you discover that the Dragon Balls are uh, these mystical uh, objects, these mystical seven spheres with a, with a uh, you know, they each have stars in them from one to seven. And, uh, and, and she's got a little piece of radar to go and collect them. And that's uh, that's a great premise for a story. Yeah, and that's it. Like, and 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 then it's just an adventure, um, and uh, and and it's just kind of about like the silly things that happen every issue as they look for the next Dragon Ball, um, and the first two volumes essentially. Or, or maybe even like the first volume. No, it's like the first two volumes. It's the first two. Yeah, is is them finding the Dragon Balls and then making their wish, but at the end of the first volume, there's this weird twist where Goku the whole time he like he's got this tail, and and there's no explanation for why. And I'd have to imagine that even Akira Toriyama didn't know why he gave Goku a tail from the beginning, other than. <laughs> to tie it into because it's actually it's, yeah it's right? a it's a an allegory for for uh the the monkey king which is a yeah old old chinese folklore um and the characters that they meet along the way kind of some of them fit into it and then others don't really fit into it but it it, it really by the time that he wishes they, that they bring the dragon forth and everything it totally goes off into its own thing 
Um, but uh, but Goku ends up turning into a giant monkey, yep. <laughs> like a giant King Kong, uh, a mon- monkey monster for some reason. Because it's Japanese, so it kind of becomes well, and, a kaiju. But and I I wonder if um if it was uh, at that point of the story they're trapped. And he's like, yeah. man, I really need to write a way out of the situation. Yeah. I've got yeah. these guys in an impossible situation. Oh, giant monkey smashes the roof. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I, the one of the things that I love so much about going back and reading Dragon Ball in, in comic form, because some people may have seen uh, the first season aired on TV here in Canada uh, on, on a network called YTV. I don't know, like in the states, if you guys got more than the first season. Did you do? Did you ever see the cartoon series? Um, actually, uh, you know, when I was when I was a kid, I was I kind of had, you know, my finger on the radar of any anime that was coming out. Yeah. But as far as I know, the only uh, one we had from Akira Toriyama was Dragon Ball Z. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you so know, the, the they fir- had like tapes of Dragon Ball like at the store, but they, yeah. I don't think they started on TV. Um, yeah, so up here, like we got the first season, and I know that they did the second season, like they 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 dubbed the second season, but I don't know that it ever made it onto TV. Um, but one of the things that 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 the TV series lacks because uh, it was it was sort of shown for American audiences is the sort of the crude and crass nature of the comic. Yeah. yeah um, and, and I can remember being a kid back in like, this is like, I was in the fifth grade, 1995, watching Dragon Ball Z on Saturday, or sorry, Dragon Ball on Saturday mornings. And it gets to the end. Goku turns into the monster. They cut off his tail and he turns back into, into Goku. And he's this little kid and he's naked. And in the cartoon, in the American, like the, the, the North American cartoon, He's just got this leaf floating over his yes. groin. Yeah. Because in the comic, he's just like in the first issue, he's just naked. Yeah. <laughs> like he just because he goes for a swim, and he just uh, he just comes out of the water, and he's just like a little. He's. It's funny because they he he's drawn both him and Krillin are drawn as little kids, but as you go on later in the series, you find out that he's like fourteen years old. Yeah. Even though he looks like he's like an eight year old, <laughs> right? Uh, if not younger than that, but it, it's just. Uh, do you think uh, that was him retconning, or do you think he was like, yeah, this is a fourteen-year-old who's tiny, or uh, is it? No, I think I think that's just his style. Like, is is just it's just sort of the way that 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 Akira Toriyama draws, and it was because it was a transition from uh, from Doctor Slump into Dragon Ball. Doctor Slump, a lot of the characters were were much more like uh, like Oolong and Poir. Where they were like, like they were, just short they were characters. these sort of yeah, like these stumpy little. Um, I, I I find it really interesting because I I find a lot of um, a lot of similarity in the way that Akira Toriyama draws to the way that Charles Schultz draws, and mm-hmm. and and the peanuts. If you look at the way that he kind of draws arms and hands, mm. there's a lot of points where it's very very similar because it's that same sort. Because he comes from that more of a cartooning background than a comic background yeah but as it goes on 
he definitely develops more of a comic book style. And then obviously when it gets into Dragon Ball Z, he goes full comic book because Dragon Ball Z is Akira Toriyama's version of like Superman and the Justice League, right? Like that's him yeah. taking his existing characters and and changing the archetype that they were in into a superhero comic. Um, but a, a uniquely Japanese superhero comic. But Dragon Ball is this weird in-between space where it's still a little bit of that sort of comic strip mentality, especially in the way that he wrote it. And we talked about it a little bit in the last episode that it was sort of, um, he was sort of making it up as he went along, um, which was which I find is very much like a comic strip sort of mentality of like, well, what happens this week? Uh, I guess this, right? Like they just, it, and it's very apparent in the first volume, they just have to find another Dragon Ball. But yeah. then somewhere about halfway through the first volume, maybe the beginning of the second volume, all of a sudden, now he's got to go back to Master Roshi. And a continuity starts to develop of like tracing back and forth and characters yeah. recurring and things well, becoming more important and the story actually starting to develop. I'm sure at that point they uh, he started to realize the popularity of yeah. this comic. Because the way that... It's interesting the way that Shonen Jump works is that um, the uh, as long as your comic is performing well, it stays in there. Um, and <laughs> it's, then, it's almost like a, the, the martial arts tournament at the end of the book. Yeah, it's a martial arts <laughs> tournament for comics. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the bottom 10%, like the least popular 10% of the comics in Jump get cut every month and something new comes in. And, uh, and so then anything that's popular stays at the top, which, uh, which is why, you know, books like Naruto and Bleach have been going on forever. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Dragon Ball 2 was on for a very long time. So it probably started, you know, he, since he had success with Dr. Slump, <clears throat> he had uh, this great concept and, and it was popular enough to stay. But then as it was getting more popular, it's like, well, I can't just go, I can't rely on this Dragon Ball story by itself because that's going to run its course. Yeah. Um, so now I'm going to have to in- start inserting something new and different because uh um i I need to make this last a little bit longer (laughs) yeah and it's funny because they get to the end and then all of a sudden bulma lets everybody know oh yeah by the way after the dragon balls after you make a wish with the dragon balls they fly into the air separate to the four corners of the earth and for a year they're just stones and there's no way to know where they are (laughs) so uh see you later (laughs) yeah and then it's just about goku and his his journey to become I, 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 basically, he just wants to become stronger, which I think is great. Like the the, I really think that the key to Dragon Ball is the character of Goku, who just doesn't have a care in the world, and the only thing that motivates him is just this will to be stronger. He just wants to be a better fighter, and that's it. And it's just kind of like this carefree thing that makes you just love it. And he and he's a little bit. He's a little bit naive and a little bit stupid, and uh, and that kind of just makes him this charming, lovable character that you want to yeah. follow around, even <laughs> even while the rest of the characters are essentially perverts. <laughs> yeah, everyone is a pervert yeah. in this. Yeah, like even Goku, he takes off Bulma's underwear and lays but, on her crotch. But not that in a, it's not perverted. It's, yeah, he's much more innocent in in his. He's He's 14. <laughs> but he's not doing it because for some sort of sexual They didn't say he was 14 fantasy. at that point. No. 
Um, well, and shonen shonen comics are all marketed to boys, right? Yeah. So there's yeah. there's that side of it. Um, well, e- everybody who read along with us should feel just as perverted as the characters in the comics because Bulma is 16 years old. Like she flat out says several times that she's 16 years old, yeah. and she's naked in in several moments of the comic. <laughs> so we're all perverts, and we're all going to go to jail for reading Dragon Ball. <laughs> I, I yeah it's it's unfortunate but it's just the way that it is. I don't know it's a, there's a very different culture in Japan around this sort of thing and and definitely like these these are from another time as well. Like the, these are these comics were were initially done in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. but it, it was it was a very different time even in Japan. But you still find new manga that has this kind of stuff in it too. Oh, for sure. Like for it's sure. not like it's yeah. the times have changed. Yeah, but I think. Yeah, but I, but I think the tone is different. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of older manga, like for instance, Rama and Half, there's that old that guy Haposai who like yeah. steals panties yeah. too. Yeah. Like there's like a, a lot of panties stuff. Yeah, it, going it, on in like 80s era. It was in 90s manga. It was considered tongue in cheek in Japan to have a character who was a pervert. And by today's standards, uh, if you tried to write a character like that in in North America, you <laughs> you would be like just like like blacklisted, basically. I think as, you would be think pieced to death. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody, <laughs> like Tumblr would have, no, like they they would not stop talking about how you're a horrible person. Yeah, um, and the rape culture and all. Yeah, that. yeah. So it's. <laughs> It's a, it is yep. an interesting thing to, to go back and read Dragon Ball and and recognize that it is from from sort of a bygone era um, and and because even comparing it to Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z doesn't have really any of that weird sort of right. like like perverted humor. Um, well, I think are, Ma- Mas- uh, Master Roku. Uh, Roshi is um, a pervert in it, but everyone else yes. is normal. Yeah, and you barely it's more see like him. real life. There's not that many like <laughs> yeah. crazy perverts. Yeah, you <laughs> probably know one perverted old guy, right? Like everybody probably knows one perverted old guy, but everybody else is pretty much normal. Or see, they do it in secret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like Yamcha. Yeah. Uh, His so- character changed so much. Oh, like. Yeah. Uh, so I mainly know Dragon Ball Z. He was one of my favorite characters on Dragon Ball Z, partially because I was like, "Oh, he's got a cool scar on his face. I like <laughs> him." But like, it's so funny to see him in this as like, it's just like a completely different person, basically. Yeah, well, he's got his whole initial storyline of not being able to talk to girls, uh, <laughs> and like. I really like the way that the 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 Dragon Ball story, like the fir- that first uh, adventure to to find the Dragon Balls, plays out because Goku goes along just for the adventure. He doesn't really care about making a wish. Like he doesn't have anything to wish for. Uh, Bulma just wants a boyfriend. That's her whole <laughs> thing. I, I Oolong ends up getting sort of roped into it. And and Yamcha wants to get the Dragon Balls so that he can wish to have the confidence to talk to a girl but by the end of it like Goku got his adventure and and he and he met friends along the way and he became stronger which was all he was after Yamcha learns to talk to a girl 
and Bulma finds a boyfriend, and then Oolong is the one who uses the wish, and he gets he gets a pair of hot, a hot girls pair of panties, which is, is, <laughs> is the one thing that he could think to wish for. Um, but by the end of it, out. yeah, like everything works out. They all get what they want, and it ends up being like if you could wish for anything, like here's I uh, I. Uh, uh, Emperor uh, Pilaf, uh, uh, Reich Pilaf, as they call him in this comic, because <laughs> <Yeah>. everybody's <laughs> name is a pun on something. Um, he wants to rule the world. He wants like ultimate power, which is what I think most of us. When you go like, what well, if you could have one wish? What would it be? And and most people go to like, oh, I want riches and blah blah. And but Fame all, and fortune yeah, all of our heroes, all that they wanted was just like basically better lives. Like that's it. And by the end of the story, that's exactly what they get. And I just, I thought that there was something kind of charming about how that story ends and why those are our heroes. Yeah. As opposed to like the the characters who end up being villains in the series, um, who who have more selfish, I uh, I, uh, sort of motivations. And to me, that is far more interesting than anything Dragon Ball Z did. Yes. Um, Dragon Ball Z with its endless powering up and and battles. Um, yeah. Pointless battles because the next big villain will come along. Like that. There there's more substance in this beginning part of Dragon Ball, even amidst the 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 poop jokes and, and sexual innuendo um, yeah. than anything that, that came after that when Goku was an adult. Oh, oh my god, really? Totally, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I uh, might be looking back at it with like rose-tinted glasses or whatever, but I remember Dragon Ball Z had some pretty great stuff Hey, don't get me wrong, I watched it. Dragon Ball Z every week when it was on, or every day. I don't remember if it was on a daily or a weekly thing, but I watched that all the time. I'm just, now going going back to it, it's it's not, um, this these early adventures of, jo- of Goku are so much more interesting and fun than, to me, than, than Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, I, oh. even, even, like, sort of as a teenager when Dragon Ball Z was on television, um, I can remember thinking like, oh, Dragon Ball Z is really cool, and you know, uh, I wonder what's going to happen next. And we were all kind of waiting for the moment when when he would go Super Saiyan because we because it's in the intro. Yeah. But then like it's not until like way later in the series that he actually goes Super Saiyan for the first time. So you're kind of waiting for that moment, but the whole time, even like amongst my friends, everybody else was like, oh, this is my favorite character. Oh, this is my favorite character, and like oh, I want to see these two fight and who's more powerful and that sort of thing. <laughs> and I was always kind of like. I, I really like Dragon Ball. <laughs> I really like the original <laughs> cartoon series, um, yeah. the, the original series, and and I I just think it's more fun and it's it's kind of silly and and uh, and like I said, like I had those six issues of the comic and I was like, this is better. I like this better. But that's <laughs> kind of just always been me. Like I I like action and everything, but I I'm always more inclined to go towards something that has heart. And yeah. and I feel like Dragon Ball has a lot more heart than Dragon Ball Z does. The Dragon Ball Z in those first, the first couple seasons, it definitely has heart. Um, the 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 story of Goku, uh, you know, uh, uh, going along Snake Way so that he can get back and save all of his friends, and how he sacrifices himself in the first place, and then the story of Gohan and Piccolo, uh, and how Piccolo was a bad guy from Dragon Ball. 
and how Gohan, his innocence and his 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 sort of his pureness, ends up breaking through the armor of Piccolo and turning Piccolo into a hero. Like, there's definitely heart in there, but I think once you get into the Namek stuff, it's really just about punching things harder. And and, and then <laughs> well, it's about... There's a point where it's like, how many times can you just bring someone back from the yeah. dead so they can have another fight? Right, and that became the only purpose of the Dragon Balls at that point. Yeah. It's like, oh, we better go collect them the next episode. Okay, we have all seven <gasps> of them. Let's... <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, go Bring our guys. friends back to life. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you know, there are some things in Dragon Ball Z that, like, just... Uh, I don't know if this is also in Dragon Ball, but this has been my fantasy forever. There's this room that Goku goes to where, like, in two days, like, two years passes and he trains. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I want that room so bad. Mainly, like, when I was younger, I was like, I would just fill it with, like, all the books I want to read. But then I was like... Oh yeah, yeah. I could do art in that room, and then all my art would be done. Um, <laughs> but or like you could that, go there like, to sleep, and then you wouldn't have missed any time in real time. That that too. Like I really liked that stuff. And also, Vegeta was like the best character, right? <laughs> Vegeta is a pretty great character. It's, it's true, like that yeah. was like that was like some really good character stuff going on there. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was deep because I haven't actually watched it since I was like twelve. You know, but I haven't really either. So maybe as we a go kid, back and watch it. <laughs> as a kid, I really, I mean, you probably tell this from everything that I've talked about and from my comics, but I am a huge fan of villains who are secretly good. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, Vegeta, you're like. Because, like, you know, he just does that classic, what's it called, face, heel, turn or something? Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, some wrestling term that I don't understand. Um, and I don't know, I thought that was, like, the coolest thing ever. And honestly, I, when I was watching it as a kid, I was like, oh, okay, he's just powering up a spirit bomb for an episode. But I was, like, invested in the characters, so I didn't mind the endless action sequences. Right, well, and that's what kept me coming back for another episode as well. Yeah. Um, because they were good characters. But I think just the the premise of the show wore me down, uh, just being a battle every episode. Um, well, I'll say, like, for Dragon Ball Z, my favorite episode of the entire series, I don't even think it's based on the manga, um, and it's a filler episode, I'm pretty sure is the one where Goku and Piccolo go to the city and they have to learn how to drive. Oh, yeah. Because like, totally. they kind of get through everything, and I think it's like in between uh, uh, the, the, the Frieza saga and the Cell saga, where it's like, you guys have been fighting your entire lives, and you can fly around with your chi, yeah. but you've never learned how to drive. It's like, well, <laughs> we never needed to know how to drive. So there's just this one episode where the two of them go to the city, and and learn how to drive and just like smash cars into things because they're indestructible. So like it doesn't matter to them if they get in a car crash. But I just like and that it. I think it's one of my favorite episodes of Dragon Ball Z because it reminds me so much of Dragon Ball, where it's like some of the stories are just like is like the the with the fan they have to in order to put out the fire uh, at at uh, uh, Frypan Mountain they have to go back to uh, Muten Roshi and get the this magical fan from him and they go there 
And then and then Roshi is like, yeah, yeah, the fan. I'll uh, I'll I'll go get that for you. And it's like, I, I can't find it. Oh yeah, that's right. I was using it as a pot holder, and uh, and I spilled some stuff on it, so I threw it away. Uh, and it's like, wait, you threw away this mystical artifact that's the only thing that can save the day. And then it turns out that well, Roshi can just use a a Kamehameha blast to to put out the fire, anyways. And then he does that, but it destroys the castle that they were trying to save. So like, it's just it's sort of like these this silly. Uh, uh, course of events that goes on where where the 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 next part of the story is more ridiculous and outdoes the last part of the story and it's it's one of those things that i just love about it but the other thing that that i love more about dragon ball than dragon ball z is the style like his artistic style in dragon ball is so much more expressive I think than yeah. anything that he did in mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, all the characters kind of look the same. They all have the same like body type and build. Some of them are bigger and some of them are, are younger. But well, he's got like harsh lines and pointed shoulders. Yeah, like every and and I think like we kind of talked about it. Dragon Ball Z is his homage to Western superhero comics, and and I think that he's very much aping that style of like the Jim Lee sort of every character looks the same. Right, so there's a there's an element there of like the only reason that you could tell Yamcha from from Gohan when he's older is that they have different haircuts and Yamcha has a scar on his face, right? But other than that, if you took away those elements, gave them the same haircut, they look exactly the same, right? Like uh, Goku, Gohan, and Goten are all the exact same character model, just right. at different ages. Right. Like that's all totally. it is, um, and and but with Dragon Ball. Every character is unique. Every character has their own identity. And even, like, when you put Goku and Krillin next to each other, they're both... They both have their own mannerisms and character that comes out in the visual style. And I think that that's something that gets lost along the way as as he gets into Dragon Ball Z. Um, and even other stuff that he's done, like Chrono Trigger uh, and and uh, oh, yeah. and and uh, the Dragon Warrior video game series, which are much more of his Dragon Ball Z style I of that that more comic style. But like he's just he's there's just something about, and I've been doing Inktober all month, right? And and mm-hmm. and I did I did a Goku, and I wasn't really very happy with it because it just did not. It's okay, but it does not have his. The, the essence that he has in those characters and, and how kind of adorable they are. But then when they need to be tough, they also have this weird strength. Like, Goku, in the way that he's drawn, is this cute little kid, but I totally believe it when he punches through a wall. Just in the way that he draws the character. Yeah. It, it, he totally sells that inside this pint-sized little dumpling-shaped kid... He, he has all of this strength, even though he's chubby little arms, but those chubby little arms are all muscle. Well, yeah, and he, it's, um, he's got this weight to him. Yeah. Um, and he, it's just, he's so solidly built in the construction of the character yeah. that, yeah, you totally believe it. You believe that with Krillin as well, yeah. um, but you don't believe that with Oolong. No. So it's um it's and it's the way that they that he draws them in their poses the way they stand and that kind yeah. of thing it, yeah he, what always amazes me when reading Japanese comics um, also is is the inking 
the inking is just so incredible in this. So precise. So precise. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. And um, and all of his characters are always on model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a bad drawing in the lot. I, um, And those action lines, man. Like... I don't know how to use a ruler that well. No, no, I, I don't. I do not have the skills required to to do half of what what he does. Yeah, um, and it's funny. It's funny you mentioned the the line work, and I've always kind of, I've always had a very, uh, like sort of single weight. Uh, yeah, you're to, very precise with your lines too. To when my you draw lines, small. and and now that you pointed out, it's probably because I'm trying to emulate manga more than anything. Yeah, it's I think it's manga and it's animated stuff, cartoons, right? But um, yeah, I always I've always kind of drawn with that that single way, and it just it drives me nuts. Like the the use of black, uh, I, I which is something that I've never been able to do. Sort of like that the the fact that Goku's whole body for the most part. In, in the first few volumes is just, like, it's just black. Like, it's just black ink. And yet, every one of his poses is striking and clearly communicates exactly what he's doing in that scene. Um, and it yeah. just, it drives me nuts. It makes me, it makes me simultaneously uh, overjoyed to read these comics, but so frustrated with myself. So I uh, I feel I feel it's just a little like bit the like the power Goku. of a good silhouette, you yeah. know, yeah. with the Goku thing. I That's also true. agree. I think that I mean, like I I said before, I used to just read manga because like the the art is just so clean mm-hmm. and appealing. Like you could just it just has like a spareness to the lines. It just has the necessary lines, but. um Actually, I mean, I like it the best in this comic when their faces go off model, like the <laughs> h- hilarious yeah. reaction expressions oh, yeah. Those are, great. are just so funny yeah. and so expressive. It's just like, it, it cracks me up so much just looking at it. Yeah, well, I, I don't know, I, I, I think we've talked it to death. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm... I'm now on a on a course, and this happens a lot with the comics that we read in pull box. Uh, but now I'm now on a course. Like I said, I, I finished this first volume, and I immediately bought the next two. Um, so I have six more volumes of Dragon Ball to read, and then there are two more collected ones after that. And I almost guarantee that by the time that I'm through all of those, <laughs> You'll be I'm gonna want to do Dragon, Dragon Ball Z. Z. So, <laughs> um, so hopefully, hopefully, I will will return to Akira Toriyama. And uh, and we'll we'll read some Dragon Ball Z in the future, um, if not, uh, I, I I shouldn't say if not. We will definitely do that when I get to Dragon Ball Z. I'll I'll pull that again, um, and then maybe eventually we'll do Doctor Slump. You know, as well. I was gonna say that too. I'd be interested in in seeing that one because I yeah. or reading that one because I've never read any of that. And if it's more align along the lines of um, Dragon Ball than Dragon Ball Z, then I I want to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For the future. Cool. Uh, well, I think that that just about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, be sure to, to tune in to uh, our next episode in which we're going to talk about... Newts. Oh, Newts. yeah. Newts, yeah. a new series from Scholastic uh, by Doug Ten Nepel, who is the creator of Earthworm Jim. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that in the yeah. next, next episode. And what are we talking about next month? 
And next month is all Star Wars month. Uh, so we will be reading Star Wars, uh, Marvel Star Wars Volume One. Now that's that's the new Marvel Star Wars series right. uh, from this last year, uh, as well as Darth Vader Volume One and Princess Leia Volume One. So those are going to be our three pulls. It's an all Star Wars month uh, in sort of in anticipation of the Force Awakens coming out. And thank you so much, Kristen, for being our special guest on this episode and the last one. Oh, thank you. No, it was really fun. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, we we wish you the best with Hench Girl and its success. We we ho- uh, we hope that it's hugely successful for you. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very exciting. Everybody everybody should head out to their comic shop, their local comic book store, and uh, and and pick up issue one. And if they are sold out of issue one, tell your retailer to tell Diamond. To that, tell Scout. Yeah, to tell Scout that, <laughs> that you want a copy of issue one and, and, and hopefully you can get a second printing mm-hmm. going. You can always, uh, they can always put in a back order, okay. which will alert the publisher that there's, that uh, they need some more because I Perfect. think my publisher has like a box yeah. of extras. <laughs> but in the meantime, um, uh, put Hench Girl in your pull box list so that you are up to date and you don't miss another one. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Cool. Well, thank you for being with us. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Yep. Keep reading comics. For more Pullbox Podcast episodes, you can check out pullboxpodcast.com to submit a reader poll. Uh, You can email thepullboxpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at Twitter and on Instagram at pullboxpodcast. Follow me, Curtis, on Instagram at Curtis Bidley. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. You can can also find all of our other great podcasts over at Thunderquack.com. And uh, uh, that's the home of the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are proudly a part. And uh, and if you want to help support all of our podcasts at Thunderquack, you can do that by heading to Patreon.com slash Thunderquack. And, uh, and, and you, can, you can pledge your support over there. Every dollar helps. But uh, if you're a Pullbox fan and supporter, then you'd definitely be interested in the $20 level, which allows you to get all three episodes of the Pullbox podcast, all three of our books, as one lo- super long episode uh, right at the beginning of the month, as opposed to having to wait for the individual episodes to be released. So you can find all that at patreon.com slash thunderquack and all of our other podcasts at thunderquack.com.